What is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. Today, we have a special virtual guest that Tony's going to introduce. This is my friend, Lisette King, and I first met her when I was doing my neurolinguistic programming master practitioner training, and then I kept seeing her everywhere else. It was like she's following the organization around. She was always in some sort of like leadership role or helper role. She brands herself as an emotional ninja. I really liked that when I looked at your Instagram, I was like emotional ninja. I haven't heard that one yet. Uh, She's also a transformational breakthrough healer for leaders. Um, I watched a couple of her podcasts on the honest feedback podcast. She's trying to grow that one. So if you guys want an alternative or an extra podcast for some valuable content, go check out her uh, honest feedback podcast. She also does hypnosis. This is my good friend, Lisette. Lisette, thanks for coming on. Well, thank you so much for having me, Tony. It's a pleasure. And Dakota, lovely meeting you. Lisette, I, uh, I was like warning Dakota, I was like, hey, you know, Lisette is different. She's from, you know, the West. Well, actually, you were kind of from the East Coast and then the West Coast, and you've been in a lot of different places. And so I just feel like, you know, folks from the Midwest might have a hard time with some of the things that you <laughs> because we get into a little bit more of the like weird stuff and the woo-woo stuff, like even mm-hmm. going to Huna, you you nicknamed it as like magic school. You know, go to Hawaii and learn from these folks who practice energy and hypnosis and things like that. So uh, tell us a little bit about your journey, because when I talk to you, you have this sense of calm, sense of like being on your purpose, like you figured out where you want to be. And -hmm. when you help people with breakthrough sessions and stuff, you just know that like, that's your calling. That's what God wants you to be doing. So um, talk about how you got to that certainty, because I imagine at some point there was some sort of cognitive dissonance or something where you had to choose into doing this type of work. What caused it? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking. Uh, Mine was a long, you know, kind of traumatic road to finding myself in the healing arts. I had been through a lot in my childhood, um, some abuse and sexual abuse and things of that nature that really affected me and impacted me in ways that I didn't understand. And I found myself very much kind of um, walking around asleep in like a very like non-player character, like mode in my own life. And I, It was about 2008 when I discovered personal development and what it real what it ignited in me was that I had a choice in my life like I didn't have to just. um, You know work a job pay my bills rinse repeat and that was the first step of the lights turning on for me I discovered NLP 10 years ago and it was a game changer It was a life changer like. Um, I just realized I started making magic happen in my life. Like (laughs) a funny story is that I went on the prices right and won it like full on, like using NLP, using like holding that end result. 
I went on the show and did the thing and I was like, wait a second, there's more magic here than I even thought was possible. And uh, that so that was a really fun thing. I actually just hit my 10 year anniversary of that. It aired 11, 12, 13. If anyone wants to Google that, it's a funny little uh, moment in time. And so I dove deep into it. I discovered our teacher at Empowerment Inc. And when I started doing breakthroughs on myself, like the first one, my life just changed. I realized that when I first discovered personal development, it was like, oh, awareness, like there's, I have a choice here, yet I was having a problem making the different choice. And then I found the breakthrough session. I was like, oh, we can release baggage. We either have a baggage problem or an action problem. And what we don't have is an information problem. All the information to be successful is out there and it's available to everyone. But if you have baggage, if you have a belief that you can't succeed, if you have a belief that you can't be rich or you know you don't deserve money or you don't deserve a good relationship, then those beliefs will sabotage all of your actions. Like you will take action in vain and not move forward. And so when I started releasing baggage, my life started changing. I was in the best relationship I'd ever been in. Um, I've made more money than I've ever made before. I found like this is what lights me up more than anything, like helping people discover what's that belief? What is that cognitive dissonance <laughs> that you have that you believe is so true about your life that other people are like, that's not actually true. <laughs> like, like for something to be true, it has to be true for everyone. Like the law of gravity is undeniable. We all fall subject to that. But if you believe you can't make money, that has to be true for everyone. And if it's not true for everyone, then it is a limiting belief you have inside. And let's help you get rid of that belief at the root. And then the sky's the limit. I'm so. wondering, uh, before we get into how you can help folks on our podcast and that sort of thing, just for people who don't know, because, uh, oh, something that I thought of, too, we we have in common is that we've all been through PSI seminars. So when you were talking about massive awareness, I was like, oh, that's instant rapport. Like, we've all been yeah. through Dakota, me, you, we've all been through the PSI seminars. And I feel like you get massive awareness there, but not necessarily the change unless you decide to take new actions or you decide to feel differently about the thing before, you yeah. know, moving forward. And I'm wondering for folks that are listening, explain a little bit, since this is sort of a business podcast, explain yeah. to folks what your business is, how much money you make, like how it is that you acquire clients, what it even looks like. Cause folks are probably like, what does she do? Like I've heard yeah. of healers, but I haven't necessarily, I've, I've heard of healers that are broke. Yes. <laughs> I haven't heard of healers who actually consistently make decent money and do it as, as their primary income. And you yeah. actually make pretty good money at this. Yes. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So what do I do? I say emotional ninja um, because first of all, it makes people lean in <laughs> and that's super fun and it sets me aside. However, what that means and what that encompasses is I'm a um, trainer of neuro-linguistic programming. So I'm at a master level there. I'm a master practitioner of hypnosis, mental emotional release, which is a um, clinically, academically um, studied 
process that helps people release baggage. Like it's known to re- to help people release um, post-traumatic stress, um, depression, you know, really severe traumas can be treated with MER, as well as I'm a level four practitioner of HUNA, which is a 120 generation unbroken lineage of Hawaiian shamanism. And so again, that's a little more challenging to explain. (laughs) You know, the NLP, people have a grasp on that. And I I always say NLP sells the tickets, but Ahuna does the work. It's a very, like being able to work with a person's energetic field to help them heal, um, not just from a mental emotional level, but a spiritual mental emotional level. And we're able to heal things on a, generational uh, baggage way. And so that's what I do. Um, I am clearing six figures a year um, going for, you know, multi six figure next year. That's just always, it's fun to hit goals. And you're right. There's a lot of healing arts that people don't make money. And there's a weird stigma that making money is not spiritual or it's not, you know, ethical when you're helping people and being broke to me is not spiritual. You know, it's not, if I am struggling to survive, I'm not in a place of helping other people. And so being able to support myself and be able to be in alignment with the work that I do allows me, I do four scholarships a year where I, I help people who are not able to afford my, you know, services to get on the other side of it. And I love some of those clients are some of my favorite clients because I watch them go from zero to a hundred in the, in the growth work they do. It's, it's easy to help successful people. Like you guys know how to do the actions. So we remove some little baggage, all of a sudden you're unstoppable. When someone is like coming from a deficit, you know, there's a lot to unpack to just get them to zero to go forward from there. And it's, I, I love pulling people up. Like that's, that's one of the things that lights me up as well. Pulling data lists like vacant houses, mortgage foreclosures, and tax delinquent properties is important to direct to seller marketing. Batch Leads is the main platform where we store our sellers' data and skip trace owners for their phone numbers, emails, and addresses. On other platforms, you end up having to pay twice for the same contact if you've already skip traced it. My favorite thing about batch leads is that if you skip traced a contact once, you never have to pay for that contact again. Batch leads has SMS texting campaigns, direct mail marketing, and driving for dollars app integrated in a simple to use interface. Click the link below and try batch leads today. Uh, so earlier you talked about uh, uh, the difference between baggage and actions. You basically said like those are going to be the two options, but then you said, like there, it sounds like there's a third option where there's actions in vain. Could you tell us more about what, what that looks like and what that means? Yeah, sure. So you either have a baggage problem or an action problem. And that's what it, what it comes down to. There are people who know what to do and they take the action. And they take the action and they take the action. What I mean by action in vain is you're taking action but not yielding any results. Mm. And what that comes down to is 
your unconscious mind, the part of you, you know, we have our conscious mind and we have our unconscious mind and our conscious mind is running about two to 5% of everything. That's a part of you that thinks, makes decisions. It's the, the um, goal setter. Mm -hmm. And then the goal getter is your unconscious mind. But the unconscious mind is 95 to 98% of what's functioning. Okay. All baggage is unconscious. If we knew what our baggage was, if if I knew that I was running a program of not good enough, I would, first of all, I'd stop myself from running that program and I would take action and, and go for it anyway. But if you're you're running an unconscious program or a limiting belief that you're not good enough, then you'll take action and your action will reflect that back to you. Hmm. You'll always fall just short of your goal. Can you give us an example of what that would look like? Absolutely. So, oh, there's so many. There's so many. Pick a topic. <laughs> Pick say, an area of life. <laughs> yeah, let's say, uh, let's say in business, just because we'll have this one be more about business. But we can do one in business and one in relationships, maybe. Fantastic. Okay, so let's say you're not feeling good enough in business, okay, and you have a limiting belief around not being good enough so what you'll do is you will sabotage yourself three feet from gold you'll be about to close a deal or something that's like really like this is the moment that i'm gonna prove to myself i'm good enough and you will just blow it in some way and it could be as simple as like oversleeping and missing the the meeting it could be saying the total wrong thing. It could just be kicking yourself out of flow in that moment and breaking rapport and then just dropping the ball on it. So that's like a business way. And then, so you lose the deal. And then that, that voice inside goes, you see, I'm not good enough. Yeah. You're validating that story. And your, your, your reality will reflect back to you that thing you believe on the deepest level that limiting belief that you have in the unconscious level. Like your unconscious mind has two, I like to say it has two umbrella jobs. One of them is to keep you alive. And the other one is to make you right. And the keeping you alive aspect is, its job is to survive. So let's say for example, you grew up broke, right? And you grow up and you get a job and you're just living above like your job, just over broke, right? And you're working your job and your unconscious mind, your conscious mind might be like, I, this is the year I'm going to make more money or start my business. Your unconscious mind goes, yeah, um, but we've never actually done that before. I know how to survive being broke. I don't know how to survive being wealthy. And you can cross that over to relationship. I know how to be, if someone grew up in an abusive relationship, you know, where their parents were abusive or always fighting, your unconscious mind knows how to survive abuse. And so now you become an adult in an abusive relationship. You could say you want a great relationship, but your unconscious mind is like, no, I've never actually survived a good relationship. I don't know if I'll make that. Hmm. Yeah. Does that help? I clarify things. <laughs> um, I am wondering, you you volunteer a lot. I've seen you around as volunteer staff for empowerment. 
I've seen you at NLP and I've seen you at HUNA a lot. Why, why volunteer? Why come back as staff? Mm. Um, that is how I practice mastery. Every time I go back, I get to, I get to give, which I get to serve. And that every time I'm in a serving position, like I'm putting other people on, like above myself and in my life, I very much put myself first. <laughs> so it gives me that opportunity, that opportunity to be of service. And I get to learn it all from a, from a new perspective, from a new mind. Like one of the things we, we know, I know Tony and I know this is um, in every moment we're getting bombarded with 2 million bits of information. Everything is a bit of information, the way your shirt feels against your back, the way your hair feels against your head, like the way your socks feel on your feet, like everything is a bit of information. And if we were taking it all in, we'd be overwhelmed. So we can only grab about 126 bits of information. And we always grab the 126 bits that validate our current reality because our unconscious mind's job is again to make us right. And so we're grabbing those 126 bits that are most in alignment with your reality at that moment in time. I grow, I expand every year. And so for me to go back and be of service, my mind is able to grab a different 126 bits that make me more proficient that year. Yeah, I remember some of the folks, uh, there was a, a practitioner or like a facilitator who was like, yeah, um, the subconscious mind doesn't know that it's the same seminar that you did last year. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Your, your reticular activating system is going to pick on, up on something different. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was saying, so I, I did go to the first NLP too. So I learned that stuff. Uh, yeah. My question is about the mental emotional release. So you talk like, I mean, that'd be a perfect example of like, oh, well, you, you don't know that you already did that. So my question is, do you have to continue to do this mental emotional release? Or is it since we go back to the root, we cure this? Uh, like, you know, hey, I'm not good enough. If we solve that, mm -hmm. now does that recreate this new program where we never have to do it again? Or is it this ongoing thing where it's like, no, you're going to revert back to that. And then so you have to continue to do this stuff. You'll, like I say, you'll never revert back. However, growth is cyclical. The more we expand and the more we grow, like new level, new devil. Like you set a new goal, new baggage, mm -hmm. right? Like to go higher, than you've ever been before, you have to go deeper than you've ever been before. And new baggage will will ignite the more you wanna expand. I, my favorite thing is when a client comes up to me and they're like, oh, I've already worked on this. I'm like, yeah, based on results, you haven't fully worked on it. <laughs> you know, like we've gotta go back in. Usually I prefer personally, like a catch and release. Like I wanna get someone, I don't want people to be dependent on me. The work that I do is the equivalent of five years of therapy in one day. So you're sitting, you're unpacking, you're going so deep into your life and telling your story from victim almost, I like say, get, make it a good one because you're going to tell the story for the last time from this place. And we work on that area and there's such a profound release in the MER in the um, Ho'oku'u is the, the Huna way of doing release work. And it's fantastic and it's magical. And yet, if you wanna go somewhere you've never been before, now we're, we're 
something is going to come up that's for you to learn from. It's, it's, it's just the way it is. It's cyclical. It's not a straight line. If it were a straight line, it'd be easy. We'd just walk it. <laughs> that's awesome. I did, I did, when I first came back from Master Neurolinguistic Programming, I told Dakota that I had to do this with him. And so I took him through the context of relationship. And uh, it was it was rougher doing it with Dakota than some of the other folks that I've done mental emotional release with. But I mm -hmm. sort of wonder, Dakota still had some skepticism afterwards. Mm -hmm. And it was like the first person I'd ever done it on. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't remember a lot of it, too. So I think that's kind of part of like where it comes from is from and and hearing getting some feedback from you and feedback from some other folks. It's not necessarily something where you just like grab one of your friends and you're like, Hey, let me do this technique with you. Cause it's going to help you. It's more like when somebody wants to create something new and they feel like they're absolutely stuck in that area. Like if they feel hopeless in that area and they're like, and I'm ready to transform it. I just, I, and I know what steps I want to take, or I want to figure out what steps I want to take. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, when I think about how, how I've started to like learn more about when to use mental emotional release and that sort of thing, I think that has something to do too with like the buy-in from the person and the belief in the tool before even beginning the process and knowing what they, the, uh, the best end goal is and what they want to create next or figuring that out with them if that makes sense. Yeah. Was that a question? <laughs> I, I was saying, yeah, my question would be, I guess, out of all of that, does somebody have to know what they want? Does like, does the person have to, you know, let's say like be there, are you going to guide all the, enough through? Because like, if it only works, if that person does something right, then is it really the practice or like, you know, the technique or the person that's doing it, or is it up to subjective the person who actually wants to do the changing, I guess. Yeah. So what we say is it's a do with process, right? If you don't want to change my, my ideal clients are people who can afford me, <laughs> um, want to change and are willing to change. That's it. If I've got those three, we're golden. There are people who don't want to change. They don't call me. <laughs> yeah, I, why would they, they wouldn't even want to reach out at all then. That they point. wouldn't want to reach out. I make people uncomfortable. Sometimes when I talk about what's possible, and you know this because you, you're both people who, who think big and talk about what's possible. Some people want to stay small. Mm -hmm. And your growth makes them uncomfortable. And so by the time someone's already in my seat as a client, they have been pre-qualified. They know they know they're capable of success and they just know that something's in the way and they might have a flavor of i think i know what's going on inside but i can't quite get it on my own mm -hmm. and so they call me we spend an we spend an entire day together we unpack it i always say when we find the thing when we find the greater problem there's a resonance you can feel almost like the air gets sucked out of the room like like they're like Fuck, that's the thing mm. That's the, we, can we cuss on this podcast? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's the thing. I didn't realize that I, you know, I didn't realize that I didn't think I was smart enough to be successful. 
because when I was little, you know, my um, my brother told me that I wasn't smart enough, that I was dumb. And I carried that belief since I was five year old, five years old to being an adult, despite the fact that I'm doing all the like I read all the books. I'm actually giving you a very personal story. Like I read all the books. I have more books coming in than I even know what to do with. And I had this strange belief that I wasn't smart enough to. And that was what was blocking me from helping people like yeah. I was in my own way. I got rid of that belief. First of all, it's dumb. It's like the only thing that's dumb is that belief. And once it was gone, like I was, it opened up my eyes to, first of all, I'm, I'm absolutely brilliant and I can serve anyone. And all I need to do is get in front of people. So I know that the techniques work. I have a hundred percent belief and faith that the techniques work. I've done over 110 breakthroughs. You know, I have seen it release every time. However, release work is only step one. There are four requisites of change. The first one is release work. The second one is creating a compelling future, goal setting. Those two, I got you. We're in office. In office, we will handle those two. Steps three and four are taking action. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's not like what you see on HGTV. We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We show you where to find the money, how to find the deals, and how to negotiate the deals. We go over live sales calls, including negotiations, scripts, role-playing, and so much more. Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course. And if there's a video that we didn't make that you want, we'll make it for you. This knowledge has made us well over a million dollars and it's available right now for $9.97. Click the link below, buy the course. You're the only one who could take action for yourself and you have to focus on what you want, not focus on what you don't not want. Mm. The, the unconscious mind is like a GPS. We don't go, don't take me to Portland. It's the GPS is like, great, Portland. You know, like it doesn't understand that. You have to tell it exactly where to go. This year I'm going to hit six figures. This year I'm going to hit seven figures. This year I'm going to sell a hundred houses. You have to tell it that you have to. You can't say, "Oh, I hope I don't fail this year." It's like, okay, you want to fail? Got you. <laughs> I know how to do that. So I think I think that's a lot easier. Uh, and something that I do very easily in business because it's so easy. It's like, oh yeah, I want to hit six figures. Guess what? That's measurable. That's very easy to find out if you hit it or not. But what about those relationships when you're like, how do you measure? Know if you hit it? Oh, I want to be married is that going to be the goal like that could be a goal but then you could be end up there now you're in an unhappy marriage because that was your goal so yeah. how would you know if you hit your goals in a relationship setting where it's not as trackable and it's more yeah. feeling emotional feeling like i want to feel happy would that be it and then are you always going to feel happy like those are the kind of questions that i struggle with because business again it's so so easy it's so linear it's so trackable i can see all of it easy but relationships is very difficult i i agree and i disagree <laughs> because relationships are actually my favorite thing to work on oftentimes when people are not getting their relationship there's something in the flavor of i'm not lovable or I'm not enough, or, you know, I'm meant to be alone. I've heard all kinds. And the, the first thing we need to do is we need to clear out your stuff around you. Because if you think you're unlovable, you're, 
you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be pretty annoying. <laughs> you know, you'll be needy. You'll be all the things that, um, your unconscious mind will play out that story for you. It'll grab those 126 bits. And so I'll give you a, a good example. I had a client that, uh, she lets me talk about her because it was such a great transformation. Your unconscious mind does not understand negatives, right? And so, and it needs clear orders to follow. It's a really simple things. It needs clear orders to follow. You have to put the GPS what you want and you can't give it conflicting orders. Well, she wanted a great man, but she thought all men were trash. Do you see how those are conflicting orders, right? And your unconscious mind will reflect to you the thing you believe on the deepest level. And so you could put her in a room with 99 great guys and one asshole, and she's gonna go home with the one asshole because she needs to be right on the unconscious level. So what we did was we cleaned up all her baggage, we got rid of all the limiting beliefs, all the stuff she had around herself and around relationships. And then we pulled her values. What are you, what's important to you about relationship? It's like making money for money's sake. You can do that, it's pretty easy, but what are you gonna do with it? What do you want, when you could connect to a bigger why, it's easier to get it. So with relationship, it's not like I just want to get married. Yeah, you'll end up in a shitty marriage. It's what's the quality of relationship that you want? I want love, honesty, connection. I want epic sex. Like you can put all those things in there. You know, I want someone who's attractive to me and I'm attracted to them. I want someone we, I, I put this on my list. I want someone we command a room together. And I had this list down and that was my baseline. You can't get on this ride unless you meet all of these standards. And that sets your GPS to, this is what I'm looking for. And you can pull it in. Are you in a relationship now? I am, I'm married, been happily married for four years. Okay, awesome. Um, mm -hmm. So does that stuff, all of, all of what you listed, does it ever go down or away for a moments in time? Cause like, that's where I struggle. It's like, sure. I know I want authenticity, you know, I want fun and stuff, but in a relationship, what happens when it's not those things and what happens, how long can I go without it being those things? What if one time you have sex and it's not that great. And you know what I mean? Like, so that stuff happens. So then it's how much of that am I okay with how long? And then, you know, that's what that's what I would ask now. So like, have you ever had it go down a little bit? And then what do you do in situations like that? Yeah, I mean, relationships ebb and flow, right? Sometimes they're hot and wonderful and on. And sometimes we, we're both business owners. And so we get really busy running our businesses. So there's there's time that we're not fully on together in that way. And fundamentally, my values are still there we're connected there's love you know there's honesty like being able to be honest with each other like that is pivotal for me and so we have something every month called a radar and it's like a business meeting for our relationship and i i can absolutely share with you the resource where i got it from it's this podcast called multi-amory and it's how to run a radar for your relationship. And we talk about sex, money, household, upcoming travel, our businesses. And for these two to three hours, 
we're having the most honest conversation and it is not without conflict you know sometimes it's like whoa that was a tough conversation to have you know my uh, my partner and i are married we've uh, we got married on leap day and however we haven't had a wedding we're having a wedding in february and planning a wedding <laughs> is a lot is a lot i don't know if you've ever done it but it is so much on top of it we are um managing our clients she's doing a retreat in april so we're getting married in february and we're, and we're having a retreat in april and that is a lot on a calendar and so there isn't like intimacy is not always at the top of the list but it's not always at the top of my list anyway as long as love honesty connection is there like the things lower on the list your values when you pull them are not something you want they're something you are Mm-hmm. And so if the love ever went away, we would have a serious, more serious conversation. But intimacy being where it is on the list, we can talk about it. It's a line item on our on our business meeting. And we could go, hey, OK, so this month was a little light on that. You know, I could use a little more like you could use a little more. Great. So what are we going to do about it? The agenda. Great, we're going to have a date night every week and we're going to spe- set time specifically for that. Yeah. I felt like Dakota was going to ask Yeah, I was waiting. Well, my last question would be, so honesty is very high on yours. I would say authenticity is up on mine, which is very close. So mm-hmm. what happens if they lie? Do you just leave them? All right, hey, you lied to me. Sorry, I'm out. It's a conversation. It's a conversation to have. Like, um, there are, my partner and I have not had that issue because communication is so high up on our list, you know, but have there been truths withheld, you know, like I, I am, I have been historically someone who kind of suffers inside, like I am the, I'm the therapist for other people, so I cannot show my emotions. And I, like been, I had been suffering in silence. And so we had a conversation. And I was like, man, I'm actually really struggling in this place. And in that moment, it felt like truth withheld. And at the same time, we were able to discuss it. I think there's always room for repair. There's always room for repair. And so if the person is willing to repair on the thing, the damage that's been done, I'm open to it. And um, forgiveness is everything it's actually part of part of the breakthrough process what i hold people through one of the main components of it is forgiveness and forgiveness you know as you guys both know through sai is to give as before to give as before the thing had been done and oftentimes what we don't forgive in others is something that we haven't quite forgiven in ourselves and so to go through the practice of forgiveness almost like i do forgiveness it is energetic hygiene. I do it daily. I do my best to do it daily. It's like flossing. I'd like to do it more, but you know, (laughs) sometimes it falls off. But on a day that we've had some conflict, forgiveness gets top to the list. Like we will sit next to each other and go, do you want to do Ho'oponopono? Would you like to do forgiveness now? And, And we'll sit and do it and then have the conversation because everything, I do believe everything deserves to be forgiven and we can move through anything. So uh, how would you know then when somebody is not the right person? Hmm. So my values 
are my bouncer. <laughs> they are the bouncer of my life. Like I have values for career, um, which I have, they are right above that plant. <laughs> I keep my values for career behind me at all times. I know what they are. I have them and I just like look at them. And if I'm ever up against a tough decision, I will sit there and I will look at them and I'll go, huh, that, that business partner I have is unfortunately not being integrous and that's on my list. And so my, my values are my bouncer to my life and I will end, I will end a business relationship. I will end, like, I will end things because of my values and I will not let things in because of my values. Hmm. I won't even start dating someone if they're not my top five values. It's just like, okay, we can maybe have friendship here, but my relationship values are kind of important in friendships too. I mean, obviously once we get the sex stuff is different, <laughs> but for the most part, you know, the, the, what I believe is important about, about friendship is love connection, honesty, you know? Are you letting deals fall through the cracks because you don't have good systems in place? We've been there before and honestly we've tried several different CRMs and RE Simply has been the absolute best. RE Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic follow-ups for you, and even records incoming phone calls. The system is very easy to use and honestly it has more features than we even know what to do with. If you're looking for a great CRM, try RE Simply today. Click the link in the description below. Check it out now! Yeah, I remember uh, specifically uh, Dr. Matt explaining how to, to know what your partner's values are in relationship and then to let them know what your values are. But then also the, uh, I can't remember the exact terminology he uses, like the, the map is not the territory, which means that the word that they use to describe their value doesn't mean that you have any idea of how to fulfill it. Just mm -hmm. because someone says, oh, I want you to be authentic. You need to like really get to the root of what that means to them and then ways that you can do, like ways that you can continually fulfill that value in order to leave them feeling like, oh yeah, my values are actually be being fulfilled. I think it's a good compass for people too, where like somebody might say that they need something in a relationship, but if you look at their top five values and you're like, well, I know what you actually <laughs> deep down believe. And so how can I better fulfill this, better fulfill that, better fulfill this, like consistently, what practice can we get into so that I can make sure that you're top five values in relationship are consistently fulfilled so that you know you're you're feeling like i'm meeting your values otherwise it's going to be difficult for you to stay with me kind of thing oh you know the <laughs> i have a podcast called honest feedback podcast because at the end our sign off is uh, be honest with each other and I think that's the most important thing in relationship is communicating those values. Like, this is what honesty means to me. Honesty means, you know, if something's deep in your heart, you share it with me. They, that if you do something that feels out of, like my partner and I don't have to share everything. We have a very like open um, communication, like our boundaries on communication are very long and we give each other a lot of space. So we have, um, we have me days because independence is very important to me. Like I need to, have, I need my alone time. And so when we're in those spaces, I don't ask her, what'd you do all day? You know, I don't care. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy she's back, you know, and I'm happy that I'm the, like, 
we don't have to share everything. We just have to share, like, you know, when you're like, huh, I think I should share this. <laughs> like everyone has an internal compass as far as like what honesty means to them, but it is an important conversation to have. Like, you have to be honest. What does authenticity mean to you? What does, what does love mean to you? Cause you know, some people, um, my partner and I, and we practice or we met under the context of polyamory. So we had open, open relationship. When she met me, I had four other partners. You know, I was, I was dating three other women and a man and she came into my life and I had really serious conversations with all my other partners. I was like, man, this, this partner is coming in and, and I'm feeling very like feeling some deep love for them. And so things happen, like slowly my other relationships like fell away, but there was, there was training there was training in being polyamorous. I like to say the best seminar I've ever done was being polyamorous. Like, <laughs> because you will learn what you're jealous about. You'll learn where your insecurities are. Like never, like no other seminar can teach you. You know, you'll be like, fuck, I'm, I am really jealous because that partner is taking my partner on trips and I'm upset that I, I was broke at the time and I was like upset that I didn't have that. You know, like I didn't have that capacity, but instead of being jealous and mad at that person, I was like, how can I, how can I build that part of myself up instead of being jealous of that? And that was like the training that I got from that. I don't know. I went on a tangent. I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> Maybe I brought on more questions. <laughs> I uh... I think it's it's kind of cute too. I don't know if you did it intentionally or if it was just like uh, to balance things out and that sort of thing. You don't usually wear eyeshadow around me. And so like, as I'm looking at you now, I'm like, oh, Lisette showed up a little bit more feminine today. I don't know if it's <laughs> balance things out or like what, but I was like, oh, Lisette looks cute today. I like this. Oh, shucks. Thanks. <laughs> so you've done a lot of work. Uh, the five areas of life, and neuro-linguistic programming are mental and emotional health, spiritual health, physical mm -hmm. health, family, and relationships. Mm -hmm. What area do you have the most opportunity for growth in right now? Mm, beautiful. Mm. I am currently on a physical health mm. path, and that is the one I'm bringing the most attention to. I had a back surgery when I was 16 and I had a metal rod put in for scoliosis. And so from that, before my last health breakthrough, I had this belief that I was fragile. And when I got rid of that shit, <laughs> I started seeing a functional patterns therapist and I see him weekly and we, he trained, I, I went to him this morning, my, my ass is sore. It turned out I didn't have a butt. And he helped me like grow one and like so actually learning to restructure my body and take ownership. I've straightened my spine just through working with him and the mind body soul connection, the more in alignment I become physically, the deeper the downloads I get on a mental and emotional level. Awesome. Yeah. What is your biggest struggle right now? Hmm. I have a very first world problem. 
<laughs> which is I am struggling to accept more in my life and feel more abundant. And I will tell you that it's a good problem to have. What I have done is I've leaned more into having the life that I want. And I lived so long in survival that like it was very easy for me to be in survival. It was very easy for me to like just live in a place I could pay rent. You know, it was really easy for me to like just barely take care of myself for a very long time. And as I have unpacked through breakthrough sessions and everything, um, my capacity to hold more and have more is expanding. And it's wild how like getting my my life used to being more, doing more, having more. Like I've had, I've been gone once a month this year. Like I've been on a trip every single month. I'm going to Egypt next month. I'm getting, you know, I'm getting married. Like there's so many things on my plate that I'm like, I've never had this many thing on things on my plate. Like, can I eat it all? And it turns out I can. I can handle it. <laughs> but it's a stretch. Do you worry about Egypt at all? Do you think that like God's got you, or do you worry with like some stuff going on in Israel and that sort of thing that like there might be some precautions that you need to take? Just because I know a lot of folks who go to Egypt end up bouncing over to like the Holy Lands and stuff, and doing that full tour. Are yeah. you a little sketched out? Well, um, from personal experience, I, in 2015, there was a lot of stuff going on in Israel and that we could see on the news. Okay. So there was a big, like alarmist thing going on in the news. And I had an ex out there and she was like, come on, come on over. It's fine. And I went over and it was actually incredibly safe. It was like, I felt so safe there. And there's been times where I found myself in cities where riots were going on. And like, I'm like, well, I'm going to go check out where the riots are because maybe I'm that kind of person. And, uh, you know, I was in Ferguson during those riots and everything. And there was nothing actually happening. I was at where it was happening and I was watching the news teams show the news of the riot that happened six days ago on loop. And so I have a very, um, I have a big faith in God and um, source and being divinely protected. And I think if I'm not meant to go out there, something bigger will stop me from going out there. And the group I'm going with, there's a lot of precautions in place for that. And they're staying very in communication. What we've heard is that Egypt is actually quite safe itself. Yeah, I talked to you a little bit about fear around going to the Amazon because you went with Eric and friends to do ayahuasca in Peru and how terrifying that feels and how uh, scary it would be to go adventure that way. Mm -hmm. um, how, do, how did you make that first decision? Like, how did you decide that that was something that you wanted to do? And was there ever like, a warning or was there ever like something that happened that like pushed you away from that for a while? I have a very strong relationship with my intuition, with my gut, uh, with my unconscious mind. And there are times where the yes 
is so strong that I might feel like I might think a no, but the yes is like, we're doing that. I felt that about Peru and the Amazon and doing medicine there. And not to say that that was easy by any means, like that was the hardest trip I've ever done um, in all the ways, like being down there, um, sitting in those medicines and everything. Like it was a come to Jesus moment. There were a lot of ego death situations that happened that were hard and who I came out the other end was just grounded and knowing myself it's I could not have even conceived how powerful that trip would be and I feel that resonance with going to Egypt yeah you told me that for the people who haven't talked to Lizette like I have that you had a small a small snake it wasn't a large snake but you had a little <laughs> snake kind of come into your hut for a moment just for a little bit of water and then you said that you had a spider the size of your hand i would have had a problem with that <laughs> <laughs> you said you could go get help from the people if you needed help like getting the spider up but you were just like by the third day or so you were just like eh. i mean he's not doing anything wrong yeah we're just showering beside like a, a very large spider yeah, you, you know, when you're when you're doing that kind of medicine, uh, you get humbled. You get humbled and you realize like I'm visiting, I'm the visitor. This is their house. Like <laughs> the snake, the spider, it all belongs to them. I'm just renting the space for the week. And so I was like, I won't mess with you. You don't mess with me. We're good. And I never had any problems with those things. And Again, the medicine's very humbling. It just like makes you realize the interconnectedness of all beings. And just like, I have a deep feeling that if we respect each other across species and across races and across like everything at the end of the day just wants to be respected. So I try to bring that to spiders and snakes as well. <laughs> <laughs> So you talked about using your intuition. Mm -hmm. uh, I had somebody challenge me with that last week. And then I spent a lot of time looking up like how to know if you're using your intuition, <laughs> like even uh, using like muscle testing, like, okay, uh, I want to go to the gym right now and feeling if my body was going to like lean in or like lean back. Mm -hmm. And then uh, some of the things like the, I can't mm -hmm. remember what the string thing is called. Angela? yeah pendulum like those sorts of tools to like try to get a better idea how do i know if something like i know that there's so i've i've always heard this one and it's it's relatively simple like fear based versus love based like love based is more your intuition and fear based is more like your you know uh baggage or like logical mind trying to disprove something that you actually want in your heart how besides that like it's too vague for me <laughs> how do I know when I'm using my intuition like how do I really truly know I mean I know you had like a 90 minute podcast on this or something but like, <laughs> the short version the short version the short version is your intuition is pretty still it says an answer it doesn't need to convince you it's like, this is what we should do. Your, your mind, your chatter just goes, da, 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 da. 
it convinces you. It's like, no, but this is why we should do something. Blah, 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 blah. You're into it. My intuition has always been like, do this thing. And I have a, at any moment, this is one of the gifts of free will. We can say no to it. You know, if it's, this has happened to so many people, you know, you don't belong in that relationship anymore. And you have a moment of stillness and you're like, I should get out of this. And then you'll spend another six months convincing yourself that you can make it work until finally it happens. And you're like, oh, well, I was right six months ago when that quiet voice inside just said it like it doesn't have an argument for you. It just speaks. So how would you know the difference between intuition and limiting beliefs? Mm. It's like I have some thoughts, like let's just say. One of my thoughts is like, whenever I'm chilling out and I'm just resting, I'm like, hey, you should be doing something productive right now. Like, why aren't you reading a book? Why aren't you watching a movie or watching a podcast instead of like watching a movie or something like that? So that could be intuition or it could be a limiting belief where I'm feeling something. So how would you know the difference between that internal voice on which one's which? I will say the more baggage you have, the harder it is to have that communication. If you have a lot of, if you have a lot of baggage that I should be, I should be doing more. I am not doing like you're, I'm lazy, blah, blah, blah. Like if you have that kind of baggage, that voice is going to be louder. Mm -hmm. That's going to be that unconscious mind. It's going to be wanting to go in the other direction. Mm -hmm. So how do you know in those moments, um, you can always just check in and get still like, Let's let's use that example, right? You're sitting and you're watching TV. I just I like to just say, is this the best thing for my highest good right now? And there, there an answer will come through. Mm -hmm. And you can go, and the answer might be like, yeah, take a load off. And you might still go, yeah, but I should really like send like 10 emails or something. <laughs> you know, I have I struggle with that personally, like I came back from Peru and one of the things the medicine under medicine, the download I got was do less. And I was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> oh, like, like do less, watch. And I was like, fuck, I don't know how I feel about that. Like I am very socialized to do as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but your parents were Latino, right? So yeah. Yeah, we're hard workers, you know, <laughs> we are hard workers. And to turn off the doing this, I've been playing with that more. And just like, what gives me joy when I when they take away your phone for two weeks, you really like the things that are yelling at you through this device, stop yelling at you. And you get to get quiet enough to go, what do I really like? And you know what I love what reading books and playing guitar came home. I was reading books and playing guitar. And then all of a sudden, boof, hey, you still doing breakthroughs? I wanna work with you. Great, like I didn't have to do a sales call today and someone came through or I'll be playing guitar and it's like, you should call her. So like, cool, I called this person and they were like, oh my God, I'm so ready to work with you. And it's just like, I'm not even doing the 10, 15, 20 sales calls a day I was doing, you know, like reach outreach calls I was doing to get clients before I left, I'm just spending a lot more time being present and letting the message come through. And I've made the same or more 
on every month that I've been back through doing less. Yeah, that's exactly. So that, that example is perfectly what I struggle with. Mine is not so much necessarily a limiting belief. Honestly, it's more of like, if you don't do this, this is what the success will do based on what I've read, what I know, what has made me successful in the past, how I got to where I'm at is because of doing these certain regiments things. So I don't care if I feel like doing it. I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care if I don't want to go to the gym. I'm going to the gym because I committed to doing it. So for me, it's a difficult thing of like, here's what it takes to be successful. And then here's what I want to do right now in the moment. And so that's where it gets difficult because you got that little voice inside your head. It's like, nah, don't wake up. Just chill out. You need rest. And I'm like, no mother fricker. You're going to get up and you're going to go work out. And so like, I don't care what it is. You're not going to make an excuse. So I got rear-ended on the way to the gym. Cool. I got rear-ended. I'm going anyway. There's nothing that's going to stop me from accomplishing this stuff. And so if you have a mindset like that, and then how would you like have, that's where I struggle is like, that's made me wildly successful in one area because like, there is absolutely nothing's going to stop me. I hit goals like freaking there's, there's no goal I'm not going to hit. But then I can't turn it off ever. It never turns off. And so your question is, is this good for my eyes right now? My question would be, is there something better I could be watching? Is it good? Yeah, it's good. But what could be better that you could be watching to be more effective? And so Mm -hmm. that's where my mind would go in asking questions like that. So how would you actually like talk through somebody like uh, with that kind of mentality or mindset where it's not necessarily limiting belief it's where I'm going. And that's what I think it takes to get there. Oh, you know, so I, I have this like motto and belief, like what I say to myself is every day in every way I get better and better, right? I am committed that the last day I'm on earth, I, it will be my best day because I will always get better. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> there's always an opportunity to learn a different way to do things. What you have done to this point has gotten you this success. But to go where you've never been, you got to do what you've never done. And so I do believe it, there's a bit of both. There needs to be structure and there needs to be space for flow. Mm-hmm. Like I have my appointment with my trainer. I am always there. I don't skip it. And no matter like I slept less last night than I usually sleep and I still showed up this morning. You know, there are things that I do for my own mental health, like I meditate every day never skip a meditation. I don't care how hungry I am. You know, like I, I do things that have structure. Those are my bare ass minimums to keep Like, I don't love doing taxes, but I've got to do it. You know, there are things that I know I need to do and they are in my structured time, but there's something to be said about leaving more space for flow and in flow you've got to turn that brain off have you heard of I'm, I'm geeking out so hard i'm telling everyone on the planet to read 10x is easier than 2x have you read this or heard of it it recommended to me a lot in audible and i keep looking at it i'm like oh i've already read 10x yeah not this 10x is easier than 2x okay i'm gonna geek out on this this is not my book but i'm like i'm telling everyone read it immediately if not sooner And one of the things it says is 2x, when you go, I want to double my income, double this and double that. That is a linear move. Oftentimes your brain will go, let's double our efforts. To go 10x, you have to actually stop because you don't have that answer. You have to stop. 
you have to shut up. <laughs> you have to shut up everything you've ever done or everything you have ever known. And you have to ask yourself, how do I 10X? And you may not have that answer. You may have to call someone who, you have to call someone who has 10X before and go, how'd you do it? But it humbles you and it makes you think outside of your linear thinking. And so that is something I'm certainly playing with in my life because I want to, fuck yeah, 10X sounds sexy. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, but I don't, I don't have that answer in this moment. I need to humble myself enough to go get that answer and to shut up maybe enough to download something that might send me in that trajectory. And I might fail and I might fall and maybe I'll 8X, but that's still better than 2X. <laughs> that reminds me of a podcast I just listened to uh, last night with Alex Hormozzi and I can't remember the other British guy's name, but they basically talked about how if you're going to, you know, let's just say run a mile, you're going to do it one way. But then if you have to go to 10 miles, then now you're going to find a totally different way that's probably going to end up getting you there faster anyway um, to that one mile that you're going to walk because now you got to find a new, uh, you know, thing that's going to get you way faster, way further. And it is a different way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your downtime changes. Yeah. You want to set, you want to 10 X, like maybe it's not doom scrolling. <laughs> it's definitely not doom scrolling. You know, maybe it's not that movie. It's, it's taking a walk, taking a walking meditation, listening to something you've never heard before. Like you actually have to change so much about your life to 10X. Lissette still has the, I, I guess it would still be, uh, I came up with the acronym for it as you were saying it, BAM, which is the bare ass minimum. <laughs> that you, gotta, you gotta at least have some of those, like some standards, right? Yeah. And I noticed that too, that like Lissette, the, I guess the stereotype of like the woo woo spiritual healer, counselor, ish is just that like their website's not great your website's fantastic like you've got a little thing that pops up as soon as you go on it it's like hey do you want the free hypnosis thing which is like a great way to collect emails and remarket to people and then i know that you still have like crms you still have processes for following up with potential clients and converting them and you're like yeah i got a coach because everybody needs a coach and my coach told me to follow up seven times with people and mm -hmm. then put them on a drip afterwards even if they're still not interested because someday they'll become my client if they opted in at one point they're listening to my podcast you have a podcast and that's an excellent funnel as well um yes. you're creating uh content consistently i've been seeing some of your posts and things like that um what what is next for you mm, that's a great question um i'm playing with this dichotomy of structure and flow which is you know getting my podcast like to as many people as possible it's a good podcast i'm not just like podcasts are like baby everyone's got one you're not everyone's as cute but like i seriously like mine is good and i've gotten so much like everyone who listens to it like i've got diehards that like an hour after it comes out they're like that was a good podcast and i was like shit like the people who listen love it so let me get this out to as many people as possible i have recently been inspired and lit up by I've always been inspired by helping people. I do one-on-one -on -one work. I can, I can change someone's life so drastically in one day. I can make you unbelieve all of your limitations in one day. 
And that is just the first step of your life changing forever. Like, I know that I'm that person. And I, and for me, it's like, how do I get my message out to more people? So public speaking is on the roster. Like all next year, I just want to like speak, speak, speak as much as possible. Got on as many stages as humanly possible and talking about human potential, transformation, forgiveness, like everything. I just want to be a voice that people, that inspires people to change their lives in drastic ways. I did a 90 minute workshop on forgiveness at a camp called Camp Yes. And it was an adult summer camp for female entrepreneurs. And it was freaking incredible. And my workshop had very high attendance, like I, of like all the workshops that weekend, I had like just, like just incredible attendance. And people were like, I didn't wanna to come to this, which is why I came. And they were moved. Like I had people crying and shaking, like could not believe like the freedom they felt from forgiving people in their past. And like, for me, that was like the biggest eye opener of that's how I leverage my health. That's how I leverage my changing the world is speaking. So, I mean, that, that inspiration that day is what made me reach out to you and go, Hey, I've got a message. I want to get it out there. And you invited me on your podcast. So the, we are inside my action steps of that inspiration. <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, we're getting close uh, to an hour. Um, I know we started a little bit later, but uh, I just have, we usually have a question here at the end of the podcast that is a pretty valuable question. It's a deep question. If you fast forward to the end of your life, which mm. is easy to do because we do some timeline, timeline therapy and, <laughs> and you have a final message to the world. So it could be a billboard, a paragraph, a sentence, a mantra, it could be a saying, but it's uniquely your specific message. And people would undeniably say that was Lisette. <laughs> that was her final message to the world. That's what she thinks that people need to know, need to hear, need to see, uh, need to feel. There we go. <laughs> what is your last message? Mm. there's just so many and I don't know I think like the my mantra lately and I'm I'm here to ride this one out to the end of the end of life is um it's like we're, we're here to love we're here to love and we're here to let it be easy like if you're not having fun like <laughs> let's like what's the point like just like i always say we chose into earth because the love is good and the food is good like that's why we chose <laughs> i think when we're all sitting up there just being beams of light we're like what planet you want to go to where well, earth's, earth's got that love and that food let's go get it you know so i think life is meant to be enjoyed love as hard as possible and have fun uh, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Yes, uh, thank you so much. Uh, Instagram at Lisette King Official, L I S S E T K I N G Official, and you can always DM me. 
My website is lisetteking.com. It is a very cool website, as Tony said. And if anyone wants to set up a free consultation call, I do hour-long intakes. And I always tell people, you're going to get something out of that call either way, whether you invest in working together or not. I, I promise to leave you a better person than when you when we started our call. So I always advise people to just set that up. Let's have a meet and greet. I love meeting people. And my hypnosis track on my website, the, I've recorded one for money, career, physical health, and love, and they are fantastic. So go get yourself a free meditation while you're there, for sure. Awesome. Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our viewers before we mm -hmm. let you go? Well, I just want to thank you. Thank you both so much for having me on. I love the opportunity to talk to different audiences. And yeah, there's so much we believe that is not true. So if a, if a belief you have doesn't make you feel good, just question it. For something to be true, it has to be true for everyone. And if it's not true for everyone, it's probably not true. And it's okay to let that belief go. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the set. I appreciate you. It was an honor to be on. Thank you for having me. That was awesome. Yeah, thanks again for coming on. And uh, yeah, reach out to her. Go to her website. Check it out. Hopefully you guys will at least go for a one-hour consultation with her. Because, um, yeah, I mean, like she said, she's going to leave you better off the way you were before. And most of all, whenever you do these things, like the coolest part is you get to learn something more. Like she will, I, I can already tell, like I've already learned some stuff uh, about myself that I didn't even realize just from the conversation. And we didn't even go in depth on anything. So you'll learn something more about yourself that I bet can make you more successful in business, which I think most people who listen to our podcast wonder how it's possible. And a lot of it does come from yeah, different release work, different things that happened in the past, different things that we overcame. And most of all, I would say self-awareness. And I think that that's something that you're going to help people a lot with. So yeah, thank you for everything that you just shared with everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Tony and Dakota.